0: Hey what's up everyone this is Josh co-founder of Urban Valor welcome to another episode of the Urban Valor podcast Our guest today is army combat veteran Edgar Rios Edgar walks us through being a brand new soldier in Afghanistan and getting shot at for the very first time The contact was coming from outside of Edgar's sectors of fire yet Edgar decided to shoot back anyways In doing so, he received a master class on sectors of fire, along with his platoon's first combat infantry badge. Edgar leaves us with the changes he noticed in himself upon transitioning out of the military. If you enjoy this episode, go give us a five-star rating and leave a comment to help support our veterans. The bigger the community, the bigger the impact. If you'd like to contribute your story to Urban Valor or know anyone else who may, reach out to us on Instagram at Urban Valor TV, or you can email us at team at urbanballard.com. Enjoy the show. All right, we're rolling. What's up, Edgar? Hey, how's it going? Uh, Thanks for being here, man.
1: Thank
0: you. So, uh, just start off with uh, just introducing yourself, man, your name, branch of service, and uh, what job you did.
1: Okay. Um, my name's Edgar Rios. And uh, I did eight years with the Army. Um, I was an 11 Bravo, combat infantryman. And uh, I did uh, five and a half years active duty. And then I finished up uh, my year contract with two and a half years at the National Guard.
0: Right on, man. Thanks for your service. Thank you. Um, so uh, where are you from? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in La Puente in Heights.
1: Um, when my parents first had us, they, uh, we were in La Puente and then like about at six or seven, we moved to Asina Heights and then I was there till about 17. And then we moved back to La Puente, Avocado Heights area.
0: Mm. Um, talk to me to, about, uh, you know, what inspired you to go into the army and what that, uh, what that experience was like for you going into that recruiter's office.
1: Um, So, growing up, I was pretty close to one of my brother-in-laws, who was an LAPD officer. And uh, he was kind of guiding me towards being law enforcement. So, uh, freshman year in high school, right away, I was in the Sheriff's Explorers, worked out of the City of Industry Station. And then, uh, hanging out with him and his buddies, you know, all of them doing what they were doing, they were, uh, you know, people I looked up to. So, most of them were all ex-military, so... I just wanted to surprise him and be like, hey, dude, I joined the military, too. So I went to a recruiter station and uh, I was like, hey, man, I want to sign up. So I signed up with them. Uh, He told me, well, let's let's uh, do like a little ASVAB practice test, see where you score. And Based on my scores, he was like, hey, dude, well, you can do pretty much whatever you want. Um, There's like computer engineering. Um, I was like, no, dude, I want to do fighting. And he's like, well, like, what kind of fighting?" I'm like, I don't know, what, any kind of ground fighting. So he's like, all right, well, I guess you can sign up for 11 Bravo. So I signed away, and I got an 11 Bravo contract.
0: Mm. Now, you were talking to me earlier about the experience of going into the recruiter's office. You were, <laughs> uh, about not being sober. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah. So I'll, it was like a, it was like six or seven around the P. It was late afternoon, and yeah, I was drinking with some of my buddies, so I stumbled in there drunk wanting to uh, sign up. And then uh, he's like, why don't you come back tomorrow when you're a little bit more sober and see if you still want to sign up. So I still went back the next
0: day, and I signed up. <laughs> um, so talk to me a little bit about that, man. What was uh, what, what was your experience, um, you know, uh, transitioning into the military?
1: Um, so... It wasn't really too much of a transition for me. Like I said, I was already kind of being structured to go into law enforcement, so I kind of already had, like, this idea of what I was going to do. Um, but, you know, of course, you never really know what you're going to get into until you actually get into it. So it was, uh, I don't know, kind of like a little head changer, but it wasn't
0: something I couldn't handle, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you get in, you go to boot camp, right? Is our basic training? Mm-hmm. where did you go to basic training?
1: I went to Fort Benning, Georgia. It's, uh,
0: infantry school out there. Okay. And then, uh, you got, what, what, uh, what unit did you get dropped to after basic training?
1: So as soon as I got out of the basic training, they sent me to, uh, Fort Carson, Colorado, and I was attached to the 4th Infantry Division, uh, 212th Battalion.
0: Hmm. And then, uh. You know, you, you you got some tours under your belt, right? Yeah, I did two tours to Afghanistan.
1: So right when I got out of BASIC, it was like in the middle of March, I got sent right to Colorado, and as soon as I got to Colorado, they're like, hey, man, don't even bother po- unpacking your bags. Like, just put them in your room, and then uh, somebody will talk to you about it. And I got to my room, dropped off my bags, and they're like, hey, dude, we're getting deployed in June. Um so that was it I mean pretty much after that uh let's see on Tuesday I had a report so we went to go do a little bit of uh some ranges and then it was like Thursday came we're like hey we have a four-day weekend again so it was like all right hang out and it was like hey back on Tuesday another four-day weekend that Thursday and then it was like hey you guys are gonna go on leave so right away I went home for two weeks and then kind of really didn't know what I was doing just hanging out at home partying with everybody here um then I went back to my unit and it was like you know, the last couple weeks of April and then they're like hey we're leaving like in less than a month so we did a couple more range days just to try to break me in cuz I had just gotten out of basic training and then next thing I know I'm throwing all my boxes uh my bags and conex boxes and I never unpacked um Next thing I know, I'm flying out of Colorado Springs to Canada, and then from Canada, I'm going over to uh, Ireland, and then Ireland to uh, Kazakhstan, and then Kazakhstan to Bagram, Bagram to Jalalabad, and then we took a couple of Chinooks over to uh, our combat outpost.
0: Um, while you're going through basic training, did you uh, did you have an idea that you fi- might find yourself in war? Mmm. I mean, when we were going through
1: basic, everybody was kind of like, you know, fuck, yeah. You know, we might go to war, but you don't really think like, oh, fuck, I'm actually going to go to war. Um, so, no, I didn't even know where I was going until the end of basic training either. So, it was
0: a surprise. So, you end up going to Afghanistan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what was that like? What was your entry into Afghanistan like, and where did you end up?
1: Well... Well, so it was pretty cool, because uh, once we were in uh Jalalabad, uh they uh, were going to get ready to send us out on flight line, so they were sending out, I don't know, probably like 20 to 30 guys at a time, but it wasn't like the whole platoon, it was 20 or 30 guys that were going to that combat outpost, so <sighs> I remember uh it was like a... F- uh, like 10 o'clock at night one day, and they're like, hey, man, you're going to be on the next flight out to your combat outposts. And they're like, all right, get on the flight line, get all your stuff. So we're out there waiting, and the Chinooks finally show up. We load up, and uh, right away they throw our bags in there. They time down in the middle. Everybody takes a seat. You got your rifle and stuff, you know. You actually have live rounds now. You got magazines and stuff. Um, and you're like, okay, okay, we're actually going to our combat zone. Um and we take off, and we're just flying for, like, 30 minutes. And then they're like, hey, you know, we're we're almost approaching. Um, you guys are going to go into a hot zone. Like, as soon as you guys land, fucking exfil that helicopter. Do your freaking half moons. And then uh, take a knee or get in the prone. So I'm like, okay, okay, you know. This is it. Like, fuck, I'm going to a war zone, you know. So I don't know if these guys did it to fucking scare us or what, but, and then, we finally get towards where we're gonna land, and, the fucking door gunners just start fucking opening up. Boom, 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 boom. Fuck. I'm like, holy shit, like, what the fuck's going on? We're like, okay, maybe they're just fucking trying to show off or something. I don't know, I never found out what happened, but that was like, hey, here's your cherry, and it just got popped. Um, you're about to land in a real fucking combat zone. Helicopters land, Fucking just try not to trip over yourself. You run out. Um, we did the half moon. We lay down in the fucking prone. And they fucking called a couple guys to go up in the middle. And then bags were just flying out of the helicopter. And like five minutes into that, fucking helicopters kick up. You got dust all over your face. You have no idea where you're at. Helicopter took off. And then they're like, everybody fucking straight line, follow us. Next thing I knew, I went into my fucking bedroom. That was going to be my bedroom for the next 11 months.
0: And uh, what was uh, what was the living conditions like? So they sucked, but I mean,
1: it was a combat zone. Um, so basically, we had hooches built. like It was just like a fucking four-car garage um, just made out of wood. And we had Heskos. Uh, it was just like metal cages filled up with sand and dirt. And they were just lined up on the side of the uh, of the walls of the, the hooches. So we had them all like in a row. Kind of looked like a bay area. Um, and then they had the roofs filled up with sandbags just in case we took like RPG or uh, mortar fire. Um, and then inside it was just a big open area. And they had like maybe four or five uh, bunk beds. And it was like two guys to a bunk, so... I mean, everybody just had their stuff underneath their bunks. The guy on the top had his stuff uh, underneath your bunk. You guys split it fucking 50-50. And we had uh, nails and uh, hooks on the side of the walls, wherever you were at. And that's where you hung your gear, your body armor, and your rifles. Um, but for the most part, everybody kind of slept with their rifles. But everything else that you had, we had extra equipment, it was all on the walls, like two feet away from you.
0: Um uh, it was a pretty, uh, <clears throat> you were talking, telling me how it was a pretty active outpost, right? Um, how often would you guys get in fights out there?
1: So we're, 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 where I was at, I was in the mouth of the Korengal. So our our job was to guard that Korengal opening. Um, so just like based on where we were at, we were averaging two one to two firefights a day. And we went, like, a day or two without firefighting, but then we'd get into, like, three or four firefights two, three days later. Um, So, yeah, we were averaging a lot of firefights. um, And they went from, like, a two-second freaking, they just sprayed on us, and we sprayed fucking Brown's back and called in a couple mortars to, you know, we're out there for, like, a couple hours harassing fire and then just shooting back. And it's kind of like, fuck, when are they going to stop? Like, how do these guys still have ammo?
0: Mm. um what kind of uh do you recall like you know maybe after your after your first time getting some trigger time um you know and uh it really feel like it you know knowing that you're like this is fucking war do you recall like thoughts
1: <laughs> yeah so i have a really funny story about that um so again I, I was new to my unit i'm new to my platoon i didn't really have uh too much time to train with them so when we first got into our sector and area um, they already had the guys that they knew who was going to do what so I was one of the newer guys on the first patrol that they went out it was this thing called the right seat left seat so the unit that was there that we were replacing they went out with our unit to kind of go show them the ropes like hey this is where we go this is what we do here don't go over there don't do that don't talk to those people um, so since I was kind of really new and I wasn't really too familiar with my platoon um they left me behind on tower guard and that day I had a gate guard so I was all the way on the uh, like east side of the compound um, so when I was over there the you know our, our platoon left and uh, they went down to whatever village they were gonna go that day and I was up there by myself and I mean, basic training, you go over basic stuff, and I don't don't remember everything I had to do, but uh, we had sectors of fire, right, so I was in the the gate, and my sector of the fire was basically the gate, this is your sector of fire, fucking don't shoot anywhere else, but at the time, I wasn't too familiar with all of that, nobody really explained or gave me classes on everything, so I have a 240, uh, you know, 200 round belt fucking attached to it, and you know, I'm chilling there, fucking watching the gate, just thinking like, man, I wish I could have gone out, you know, on patrol with the guys, but I'm stuck here fucking doing gate guard, like, whatever, um, so I'm just fucking sitting there, bored and shit, my platoon's out doing fucking cool stuff, I guess, and, uh, we start getting shot at, the cop, the combat outpost, it starts taking rounds from, um, the west, and again, I'm, I'm at the front gate in the east, and, uh, So nobody's fucking shooting back, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So I go to the back door, and I open it, and I'm looking, and I'm like, dude, they're fucking shooting from up there. I I can see the fucking, I can see the the flashing. I'm like, why is nobody shooting back? So I'm like, you know, cherry, dude. I'm fucking young. I'm green, super green. I'm like, dude, nobody's fucking shooting back. We're getting shot at. Fuck these guys. So I grab a chair, fucking take it to the back door plop my chair and i'm setting it up and you know this is the first time i've ever gotten shot at like this so i take my 240 and i grab the belt and i fucking put the tri- the bipod down i'm setting up so i take a knee because the chair's a little short i fucking look through my my sights and i see the fucking the flashing and i'm like all right here it goes and i fucking start shooting i'm like da, 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 da. and i remember my rates of fire so i so I'm sending four to five rounds at a time, fucking just, in, you know, controlled bursts. And I'm shooting, and I'm shooting, and like fucking two minutes go by, and I keep hearing the radio going off, but I'm like, fuck this, I'm, I'm engaged right now. Um, so next thing I see is fucking people running towards me. Uh, it's like the commander that was in charge at the time from another unit, my commander, my first sergeant, and the, the talk officer. And they're all running towards me, and they're fucking going, cease fire, cease fire. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So I seized fire, I move the fucking rifle back, and I fucking put it over there. They come inside, and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I'm fucking shooting back. And they're like, but that's not your sector. And I'm like, oh yeah, but nobody else was shooting. They're like, dude, when your fucking platoon gets back, I want to see you, your platoon sergeant, your platoon leader, your squad leader, and your team leader. I'm like, okay. I'm like, fuck, I'm in trouble, dude. I'm like, fuck. All right. So whatever. I'm fucking sitting up there, and I'm like, I'm going to get fucking fired. What did I do, dude? Like, what did I do? Fucking an hour or two passes by. The platoon comes back in, and uh, they're driving in through the gate, and fucking the platoon leader and the platoon sergeant get off the truck, and they fucking threw two other privates up, and they replaced me, and they're like, come with me now. Go fucking wait in your room. I'm like, alright. So I go away to my room and I'm fucking sitting there like, dude, I'm fucking fired. Like, what did I do? And the other guys are like, what the fuck did you do? I was like, dude, I don't know. We got into a shootout and I fucking, I was shooting back. And they're like, oh, dude, you're not supposed to shoot over there. You got your own sector of fire. You can't fucking shoot over the cop. <laughs> and I was like, well, why not? I was like, I wasn't, I like I knew where I was shooting at. Like, dude, no, you're not supposed to do that. You're fucking crossing sectors and what so people get hurt, and I'm like, all right, well, whatever. I guess I fucked up. Like 30 minutes go by, and I'm fucking, I'm sitting there without my gear on. I'm just fucking like, dude, I'm in trouble. And uh, my platoon sergeant finally comes in. He fucking opens the door. He has a sheet of paper on him, and he has it rolled up in a fucking roll. He's like, all right. You're going to have a class on sectors of fire today. I'm like, all right. He's like, "Congratulations, you're the first one in the platoon to get your combat uh, infantry badge." And he gave me a sheet of paper with orders from the commander saying that uh, I was the first one to be engaged in the platoon <laughs> and firing back. So I got my. I was the first one in the platoon to get a CIB.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 uh, that was that was breaking break your cherry right there, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
1: That was a good Man.
0: one um so uh you know uh any specific missions uh you wanna talk to me about um earlier you were telling me some fucking wild stories uh um talk to me about that
1: um so there was a we did a lot of we did a lot of fun missions um, they're fun now, now' that we're, you know we're back, and we're okay but at the time they were kind of creepy. Uh, so we had one mission. Um, we didn't know what it was. They were just like, get your stuff ready and prepare for it. And uh, we're like, all right. So a couple weeks b- uh, before that, um, where I was at was in uh the, like the Patch River Valley. So I was like pretty close to the border of Pakistan, towards the northern part of uh, Afghanistan. And uh, on the other side of a mountain that was separating us was uh, a Marine uh, AO area of operations, and uh, so I guess a couple of them had gotten killed or something like that. Uh, and the Afghani's had um, had kept the bodies and stuff. So somebody like spun up a mission to go fucking retrieve the bodies and stuff. So then you know we're down there where I was at, and they're like, "Oh, you know, get your stuff ready." So we got all our stuff ready in our gear and then finally came and gave us like a sit rep and they're like hey dude so like a special operations unit's about to come in and they're gonna go retrieve bodies and stuff and we're like okay cool so um they're like your guys' job is to go provide security for them uh down the road so I'm like, okay cool so you know next thing you know we hear the helicopters land and they're like all right fucking get ready let's go so the the Chinooks landed and fucking dropped off like a shitload of fucking special operations guys Um, and then we started going out we went down the street went down like about a mile or two away from our our cop our our base and um, we set up security so these guys can go up the mountain and do whatever they had to do so I remember we were like about an hour in and I guess they got to wherever they were going because then you could start fucking hearing the helicopters and Chinooks and fucking uh, the AC-130s going off. And you just hear a bunch of ruckus going off in the mile. We're like, dude, these guys are fucking shit up. Um, you know, we're like, fuck, that's cool, you know. So a couple hours go by. I guess they did whatever they had to do. And then they make their way down. And they're like, hey, we need you guys to go across this bridge on the other side of the river. And uh exfil down that way to provide security. And so we're like, okay. So we went across that little bridge. We're starting to move down. And we're pretty close to where our base is at. Our base is like within sight on the other side of the river. And um, they're like, hey, dude, we just got intel that there's like three to five man team set up on you guys uh, at the bazaar. So, you know, heads up with that. And we're like, fuck, okay. So, we're trying to figure out, you know, like, what's the best way to avoid that or how to take on, you know, that whole situation. I guess our PL or platoon sergeant was like, hey, you know what? Why don't we just fucking cross the river? So, somebody, like, figured out the best part to cross through the river. And uh, they found this best spot. So, we're like, okay. So, we start getting into kind of like a single file line, but kind of spread out a little bit. And I was like the second or third guy. From the rear. And I was a Mark 48 gunner, so that's like a it's it's like a it's a machine gun, it's the size of a saw, but it shoots 762 rounds, so it's pretty heavy. It's a fucking pretty solid rifle. Um so again, I was like a second or third guy, and everybody's crossing, and we get to the river, and you know, like it's at my ankles now, and I'm walking off, and I take a little dive, it's like about at my thighs, and then I keep walking, and fuck, next thing I know, I'm fucking seeing the guy in front of me underneath the water. I'm under the water, and I'm just seeing him. I'm like, okay, he's still walking. I can keep walking. So we're walking across. I get across, you know, and I'm trying to look back to see who's behind me, and I see the guy behind me. And then probably like, you no, know, like 40, 50 feet more, and then I'm out, like, it's up to my chest. I keep going. I was at my waist, and like... I fucking hear somebody in the background like, "Help me! Help me!" And I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" You know. So like, I turn around and uh, this fucking guy, the river—he's like twenty feet away from me. He's just taking him, and uh, he's trying to get up, but he can't because he keeps slipping like on the slime on the uh, the algae and stuff from the river. Yeah. And uh, his bag's not helping, so he's just getting pushed down and. Fuck, dude, I couldn't hold it, man. I started fucking laughing. (laughs) I was just laughing my ass. I'm like, fucking guy, dude. So I'm cracking up. You know, I finally get out. I turn around, I take a knee. And we're all telling this guy, like, shut the fuck up, you know? Like, there's supposedly guys over there, you know? So he's fucking, he doesn't give a shit. He just doesn't want to drown, right? And he's like, help me. Fuck you guys, help me. (laughs) And finally, like, two guys are like, all right, we got to go help this retard. So... They take off their body armor they throw their fucking rifles on the ground and take their shit off and they fucking run towards them. And they try to help them out. And it's slippery, man. I mean, this fucking, I don't think anybody really crosses that river. So nothing's been disturbed. So there's algae everywhere. These guys are just slipping trying to help this guy out. They finally get him out. They roll him over and then fucking is like, dude, get a fucking head count, a weapons count. Make sure you guys have everything you guys came out with. So we're counting, you know, fucking one guy, two guys, three. Fuck. Counting, we fucking come up and we're like, hey, dude, we're a fucking guy short. They're like, well, who's the guy missing? We find out it's this fucking dude. Well, he's across. Uh, we start looking all over the place and we finally look across on the other side of the river. And we see this fucking guy over there just fucking going like, hey. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing over there? He's like, fuck that. I got scared. <laughs> And we're like, dude, what the fuck? Like, really? And he's like, fuck you guys. I'm not crossing the river. <laughs> so, you know, the PL's like, dude, we're not going to fucking send guys back over there and come back across. Like, we almost lost one guy. So he's finally said, fuck it. He spun up uh, the other platoon that was at our cop. And they finally rolled out in four trucks with uh, fucking heavy weapons and shit. And they went across the river. And they fucking threw his ass in the truck. And they came back. and Nothing ever happen but it's just-
0: <laughs> <laughs> man he had to catch heat forever after that huh
1: yeah he they, nobody ever let it
0: down but
1: you know, <laughs> it's just those one of one of those funny times that you have in a war zone i guess
0: <laughs> oh man um so how long were you out there in afghanistan your first tour
1: <sighs> yeah so my first tour i did <clears throat> It was a year-long tour, but, I mean, I was only actually in theater for, like, 11 months, 10, 11 months, um, just between June 2009 and June
0: 2010. So it was a pretty—it uh, uh, sounds like it was a pretty rough post, right? Like, you guys, you know, a lot of a lot of fighting. Um,
1: yeah. It, I mean, it was a pretty hot zone, but it was just because of where we were at. It was in the mouth of the corn also. so— Ours was pretty active, and then the Korngal was fucking super active. But that was part of our our mission was to uh, provide some kind of disruption to the Korngal. So, yeah
0: did you ever uh, Did you ever become like callous to to getting shot at? Uh, you know, like, well, here we are again, it's just getting fucking shot at.
1: <laughs> uh, so after a while, after a while of being there, you start noticing how dangerous a shootout is. Um, so yeah you get kind of desensitized to stuff um there'll be days where it's just like oh fuck you know let me go get all my gear fucking everybody get stand two you know and then there was days where we're like fuck that dude I'm not gonna fucking dirty my rifle I just fucking cleaned it um <laughs> yeah dude it was it's just it happened so often that you start kind of fucking
0: reading it on your own like oh it's not that bad yeah <laughs> um did you ever, did you guys, uh, uh, did you receive mail while you were out there? Mail? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so we received care packages. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty cool because I'd always like, I gave my mom at the time a power of attorney uh, so she can have access to my bank account um, because I didn't want her to spend her money like for stuff that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd message her like every month or two months. Be like, hey, dude, I need socks, I need beef jerky, and fucking cigarettes. Um, put it on the package and fucking send it to me. So other people would send us stuff too, you know. They'd be like, oh, can we send you, you know, stuff? So they'd send us care packages. We got a lot of, like, snacks and stuff. Uh, just stuff we needed, socks and blankets.
0: Was there anything out there that, um, like, anything specific that got you through those days uh you know hard times um
1: yeah so we had kind of like a day off i don't remember what day of the week it was um but we'd have a, a day off where basically you wake up in the morning and you tend to your trucks. so you work on your trucks do whatever they need restock the ammo um have the mechanics do the oil change if it needed it um clean the windows and stuff and then when you were done with the trucks You'd uh, go to this uh, armor shack where guys would clean their rifles. So we'd go there like, I don't know, a team at a time. So one team would go in there and everybody would clean off their rifles, you know, for like an hour. Just shooting the shit, kind of cleaning. And then we'd go back to our rooms and just kind of like, it's your day off, dude. You can do whatever you want after that. As long as the trucks got taken care of and and your weapons got taken care of, you had the rest of the day to yourself. So, um... I mean, there's nothing really to do, but a, a couple of us had uh, had laptops and I um, had a buddy of mine who used to send me like a little uh, hard drive with uh, movies, whatever was out. He'd download movies for us. And so he would send them over to us and um, we'd have like movie nights, dude, on those days. <laughs> just kind of everybody together just watching a movie, try to fucking feel normal, I
0: guess. Yeah, that's... uh always good to have an outlet like that yeah Um, for me you know it was mail receiving mail you know i was married at the time with kids and stuff so every time you get a letter from your kid or you know a little drawing or you know a letter from the wife it it uh, lifted your spirits for a little while
1: did make you feel normal for a little bit
0: Mm -hmm. yeah um so what's it like you know coming back from, what was it like coming back from your first tour like that?
1: So, uh, I don't know, man, It's kind of weird. Uh, just coming back. You just got to start trying to get used to stuff. Cause I mean, you're out there for a year, man. And uh, I don't know, just try to normalize everything, I guess. Uh, I had, like, a lot of trouble sleeping, so I would just buy z It was, like, back when z first came out, so it was fucking amazing. I would uh, just buy z and fucking drink it, a bottle probably, half mm-hmm. a bottle every two, three days, just to go to sleep, um, just because you have trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, you just fucking been through, like, you know, like an eye-opening fucking experience of your life. So sleeping is kind of rough. Um, I and mean, then just talking to people. Like, I know a lot of my friends that I was really close with, um, they'd all, like, kind of, like, on the side note. Like, we'd be drinking and stuff. And they'd be like, man, you're kind of different, you know? And it's like, well, I feel the same. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what they saw, but they'd be like, dude, you're, you're, you're different. Like, you're a different person.
0: Are these your friends in the, like, civilian? Yeah, yeah. like, friends yeah. that I just grew up with from high school or middle yeah. school.
1: Um, just visiting them. And then... I mean, because when you're at wherever you're stationed at, or I was stationed in Colorado, you're hanging out with the same group of guys that are in your platoon, so mm-hmm. <laughs> those fuckers are different just as much as you, so they don't see the difference, you know? Right, right. So, but it's when you go home and visit family and friends that you're there, like, you're a little different now. Like, they never said I was fucking crazy or anything, but, you know, they're like, you know, you're different. You're definitely
0: different. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but uh th- then you went, so when you get back from your first tour, you get some time to go back home on leave,
1: yeah, so you get you get back from your tour, and like I said, not everybody gets back at the same time, they'll send back like ten guys at a time, and it's ten guys again that are like in the combat outpost. It's not all ten guys from your platoon, um, so they break it down like that because at the same time that you guys are leaving. Other guys from the next unit that are going to replace you are going to be there. And you guys still have to show them now what you guys did and what not to do and where not to go. Um, So by the time I got back to Colorado, I still had guys coming back from Afghanistan. So we were in Colorado probably for like a month before everybody got back. And then finally they're like, all right, the unit's all together again leave starts this day, and you guys come back in fucking, I don't know, I think it was like 20 days. So after about a month of being back in the States, they finally, you go back to your hometown, and then that's when you go back to your hometown, but you go back, you know, you have kind of like a chip on your shoulders, like, fuck yeah, I was in a combat zone. Um, So I didn't like, it wasn't like getting to my head or anything, but you know, I would just be at home, kind of like feeling like, "Yeah, man, I did something." Yeah. You know
0: how long? Um, how long was it before you had to head out to your second tour? Um, so we got back in 2010,
1: and then we had two years of training. So in 2012, I was in fucking Afghanistan again. So yeah, I was yeah two years to all of the rest of 2010. And most of 2000, oh, all of 2011, I was all training again to go back, and then I think February we started shipping out to Afghanistan, and then I think I left like in March, and I remember I came back the 22nd of December because right as soon as I got back home, like I literally went home and it was Christmas, so that was pretty cool for my parents and like my family <clears throat> members,
0: but. And uh, did you end up back at the same outpost or uh, was it what was that what was your experience like the second time?
1: So my second tour was it was, it was pretty hot but it was different. Um, our second tour or well, my second tour it was more leaning towards um, turning it over to the Afghani military. So the first six months of my tour because my second tour I only did it was only a nine month tour. Our second tour, uh, the first six months were like, hey, you guys are like the main fucking spear of the sword. And the last three months, it was like, hey, you guys are just up. These guys got to fucking take over their own country. Um, so we'd go out our first tour, same shit, just fucking firefights all the time. Um, but what was crazy was we started giving it back towards them. So they would, it would be like we'd go out with them sometimes. To the point where we were not going out unless they needed us. So every time they went out, they fucking needed us. Because they I don't know what was wrong with them. But uh, they were getting fucked up. So all the time, they'd fucking spin us up. Like, hey, get your shit in the truck. We got to go fucking help them out. So it got hot like that. Because we'd always have to go out on QRF. Which stands for quick reaction force. Um, so we'd go out there all the time. But there was a couple of times where it was very, very... uh, like, fuck, dude, I don't know how the hell these guys survived. But uh, they'd, they'd start planning fucking little fucking tricks on them. And these guys would fall for it every fucking time. But mm. that, that was my second tour.
0: Um, what was it like uh, transitioning out of the army for you, man? So,
1: uh, so right when I was getting ready to get out, because I, I had to extend active duty to go to my second tour. And the only reason why I extended was because I was training with them for two years. And by then I was already their fucking squad leader. Um, I had my own team, you know, my own squad. And I was like, fuck, man, like I've been practicing with these guys this whole time. And then they're going to deploy and then I'm going to go start getting ready to go home. So now they're going to get a complete new guy. So I'm like, nah. So I extended. Um, So right when I got back from Afghanistan, my second tour, I literally had three months and then I was out so part of it was going to some fucking classes where they try to teach you how to be like a fucking civilian Um, they start signing you up to like LinkedIn and fucking create this profile because that's the only way you can get a job Um, you gotta go to these fucking courses and classes Uh, it's a bunch of weird stuff that they make you do and um, so I had to do it so as soon as I got back I just started fucking going to those classes and I was no longer really training with anybody in my platoon and I thought okay so time time finally hit and I came home and it's like I had like 10 grand saved up and 10 grand was a lot of money to me mm-hmm. um, so I'm like alright so I got 10 grand so I go home and I uh, moved back in with my parents and fuck like two months go by and I'm like just burning through this money I'm like oh fuck I need to get a job so I'm like, okay, well what do I gotta do? So I start getting stupid jobs. Like I started working like at fucking CarMax and yeah, fucking yeah, I think I was like trying to sell cars and stuff. And I mean it was cool and all, but I was just drinking a lot and hanging out and like partying. So it's kinda of like getting out of high school or college or you're like done with something and you just wanna party. So I was doing that but I was fucking burning through money like crazy and I'm like, man, tank grand isn't shit. So, I started working, like I said, at CarMax, and, um, you know, I'm trying to just be, like, normal around my friends, but you start talking to people, and, you know, they're just fucking doing regular stuff, and you start kind of feeling, like, kind of weird around them, like, man, fuck this guy, this guy's an idiot, or fuck this, and fuck that, and you're just like, what the fuck's going on with you, like, what's going on? So, it was kind of hard adapting. Just uh, I don't know. Just putting yourself in other people's shoes, like why do people think like that? And I mean, I, I probably needed to look in the mirror, you know, and just be like, dude, maybe you're fucked up.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. I just everybody I looked looked at and was around. Was did just the um really crazy? Did the the combat uh, experience catch up to you at all? Um, did it affect you in any way? Getting out.
1: Um. So it's kind of hard not to say that it hasn't, but. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that happens, right? So, like, I get fucking, at first I was getting really bad nightmares. I was doing a lot of uh, fucking night sweats, night terrors and stuff. And then at the time I was married, um, She, my, my wife at the time made me go get marriage counseling and then uh, therapy. So I was getting marriage counseling for like about a month and then two weeks into that, I started doing my own personal therapy, and my therapist was just like, hey, dude, like, you, you really shouldn't be married, like, this is not, you're, you're not at a point where you need to be married, um, so I explained to her that that's what my therapist was saying, and I guess she was getting her own therapy, and they told her the same thing, that you shouldn't be married to him, so we both agreed, and we got, you know, just, uh, divorced, but, uh, then I got, uh, my personal therapist I didn't feel like I was going anywhere um so I just stopped going after two weeks and I only did one session a week so I really only saw him twice and uh well that was it man I never wanted to go get help again um other than that I just dealt with shit on my own just kind of bottled stuff up uh you know mope around whenever you're alone
0: and fucking drink a lot I guess just self-medicate yeah um, is there anything that you do now today to try to cope with, with all that, with all those, uh, symptoms?
1: Um, it's no, I mean, I just drink a lot, dude. Um, I drink a lot of beer, you know, I'm always, I don't know, just fucking find it hard to have a good time without drinking. Mm. Um, but it's a little different cause I have kids now with my, my wife now, um, It was different. I I did get sick. I got... I don't know how it happened, but uh, I was getting kind of like anxiety attacks. I was fucking panicking. I felt like I was having heart attacks. So um, I went to the hospital, like I went to Whittier Hospital like three times. And finally, one of the doctors there was like, hey, dude, look, I was a PA in the military. He's like, did you ever serve in the military and stuff? And I was like, yeah, dude, I I served. And he's like, have you ever been in a combat zone? I'm like, yeah, I went to Afghanistan twice. And then he's like, dude, you need to go seek therapy. You're suffering from something. These are panic attacks. And so, you know, I was like, fuck, man, like, are you serious? Like, am I suffering from this shit? Um, It's kind of hard to admit, you know, but I mean, the symptoms are all there, man. I mean, you, you wake up. In the middle of the night, covered in sweat. Um, fucking during the day, you'll just be sitting there and you're like, dude, I'm having a fucking heart attack. Like, What the hell's going on? Your mm. arm goes numb. You're like, my fingers are tingling. I feel cold and clammy. Like, this is a heart attack. There's no way this is just fucking a panic attack. But, uh, you know, just fucking, you realize you, maybe it is all in your head. I don't know what happened, but I started feeling better, you know, when you just kind of realize that, hey, man, like, I, I need to relax. Like, I'm at home. There's nothing else that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, like, you know, my son was born, and then I'm like, dude, I, I got to be here for my son. Like, what's going on? Like, you need to get right. Um, so you just kind of wake up, snap out of it, I guess. But, uh, you know, there's every once in a great while you catch yourself, you have a fucking pretty crazy dream, you know, and it's always the same fucking shit We're like, Something's happening and you're helpless. You can't. You can't. Either the don't have a fucking gun, or you can't move your arms, or you can't. You feel pinned down. But I don't know. I guess it's just been kind of slowly tapering away over time.
0: Mm. Um. <clears throat> well, have you uh, you tried to get help through the VA, right?
1: Yeah. So I've gone to the VA and I've gotten disability ratings, and I got rated for PTSD. And uh, other like little shoulder stuff and knee stuff, but um, I have gone out to try to like get VA help. This VA is kind of like slow, very slow step in yeah. helping people out.
0: Yeah. Um, um, well, I appreciate you being here, man, telling your story, Edgar. Uh, I'm getting ready to cut the tape, but you know, I'd like to give everyone an opportunity. You know if you have any last words you want to say uh maybe any words of encouragement for somebody that might be in your position or
1: um you know the only thing i can i can say to anybody that i don't know can relate to anything that i've said is uh you know just actually uh you know just man up and actually admit you know some people need help um
0: yeah, it's you know it's hard to admit sometimes because yeah, you're you're you were a fucking big badass, <laughs> you know, 11 Bravo. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of hard, you know, and people look up to that. People, you know, they recognize your experience and they respect you for it. And yeah. it's, sometimes it makes you feel a little weak having to say that, you know, you, it, it affects you, right? Yeah. 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 So
1: that's, you know, part of being a, a badass is saying, hey, man, I need help.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, hey, thanks for telling your story. I appreciate you, man. Thanks yeah. for your service. Anytime,
1: man. Anytime. Thank you. Push it to the limit, I can't go no more.